aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Flow Racing is the new home of NASCAR Roots Racing. Subscribe today and stream over 1,300 racing events live and on demand. See NASCAR legends, past, present, and future battle it out in dirt late models, sprint cars, and more at your favorite tracks every week. Find your next favorite driver by going to flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. It was a chaotic night for us from what felt like the very get-go. We had so many just things not go right. It was, um, I don't even know where to start. We just, we had a lot of things not go our way. And um, at least two or three times I thought we were going to be crashing in the outside wall in turn one, whether it was because the door foam came off, got my steering wheel, or me and Brad got into each other and I got loose into one. There was a lot of things that just didn't really seem like they were going our way. Loose wheel. I, but uh, it didn't seem to hold us down. I mean, our car was really strong, and we got some brakes along the way, too. And I, I knew we had a strong car, but I didn't know how our night was going to finish after all the things that went wrong. So just great that we were able to put ourselves in that position, take two tires, and have a car strong enough to be able to hold on to the lead like that. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we get set for a return trip to Talladega Super Speedway. Coming up on the show today... We're going to look back at the last 12 months for Bubba Wallace since his victory last fall at Talladega. We're also going to look back at some of the best playoff moments at Talladega Super Speedway. The first driver to qualify for the Truck Series Championship for is Ty Majeski. He'll join us on this week's show. Plus, we'll learn what the drivers of the Cup Series are using as their escape from the pressure cooker of the playoffs. We'll preview the Yellowwood 500 and more but first to get us started, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest headlines in NASCAR. Kyle? Mike, one of the greatest drivers in the history of American motorsports is retiring from full-time competition. Jimmy Johnson announced on Monday that he will step away from full-time driving to spend more time with his family. The seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion who ran a full IndyCar slate this season for Chip Ganassi Racing will reduce his schedule to include 10 bucket list type of events. Johnson told the Associated Press that NASCAR could be a part of that schedule. 
mentioning that he would be interested in running the Coca-Cola 600 as part of a double header after running the Indy 500 the same day. Johnson also listed the clash at the LA Coliseum, the all-star race at North Wilkesboro Speedway, and the inaugural race on the Chicago street course as events that have caught his eye. In news that impacts the current race for the championship, Team Penske has withdrawn their appeal of suspensions for Ryan Blaney's crew chief, Jonathan Hassler, and two pit crew members after a wheel came off the car at Bristol. Blaney had those team members at Texas during the process of the appeal, but now that it has been withdrawn, Hasler will miss the next four races at Talladega, the Charlotte Roval, Las Vegas, and Homestead. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll reminisce on the last 12 months for Bubba Wallace, and later we'll look back at some of the greatest playoff moments from Talladega. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The last year has definitely been eventful for Bubba Wallace. The 2311 driver has been busy planning a wedding. He's gained a teammate for the first time in his Cup Series career, and he's currently racing to earn Michael Jordan owner's championship points and perhaps maybe give MJ an owner's title. The very eventful year for Bubba started last fall when he tasted victory for the first time in the Cup Series at the same track we head to this weekend, Talladega. NASCAR has just announced it is official here at Talladega, and Bubba Wallace has been deemed the winner of the Yellowwood 500 at Talladega. Bubba Wallace, the winner at Talladega, his first ever career win at the NASCAR Cup Series level. It's been almost a full year since Bubba Wallace scored his first career NASCAR Cup Series victory at Talladega. On that day, Wallace joined Wendell Scott as the second African-American driver to win at the top level of NASCAR. Humbling. Um, you know, I've gone through a, uh, a lot of stuff, and uh, as, as every athlete would. And, um, you know, I've, I've thought about this moment a lot, and... It's not your traditional burnout celebration victory lane, which is unfortunate, but um, there was this was the same feeling I had going into um, Martinsville 2013. Um, just prepared more than ever. I didn't even do anything different. It just something clicked, and uh, I was like, you know, I want to be more aggressive and make sure we're there at the end, not knowing the end would be the rain, but just to be there, and I just had a good feeling about it. And so, I mean, this is... Uh, you know, I didn't dream of being here when I was a kid, but, I mean, it's kind of a dream come true. The win for Wallace came just two months after he, with the help of NASCAR, had presented Scott's family with a custom trophy to commemorate Scott's historic 1963 victory. Thus, the significance of the win at Talladega was not lost on Wallace. Words can't describe it. You know, I've never paid attention because I didn't want that to be the main focus. And I just want to go out and drive and be a driver and just compete with all my competitors out here. And and uh, this is what happens when we can focus on going out and competing and just being a driver. Things settle in place and history's made. 
Wallace has been able to step into the spotlight as one of the faces of the NASCAR Cup Series. Thanks to his partnership with Michael Jordan and fellow Cup Series driver Denny Hamlin, the co-owners of 2311 Racing, who placed Wallace in the number 23 car ahead of the 2021 Cup Series season. Wallace built off his breakthrough win at Talladega by flirting with victory throughout the 2022 campaign. For example, Wallace, for the second time in his career, finished runner-up at the Daytona 500, crossing the finish line just behind rookie driver Austin Sendrick. By three one-hundredths of a second, Austin Sendrick over Bubba Wallace, who is second, Chase Briscoe third, Ryan Blaney comes home fourth, and Eric Elmarola completes the top five. What a run. I had a lot of confidence those last 10 laps and thought we had it in a bag. Even though we were like sixth or fifth, wherever, I was like, this is our night. And maybe I jumped the gun too much, but uh, I'm just proud of everybody at 2311 uh, racing to, to just continue to work hard and continue to impress and show up ready to battle. Uh, our Speedway stuff has been so strong for, for years. and. It's fun to be a part of. Following his strong showing at the Great American Race, Wallace entered a lull through the spring months, failing to post a top 10 until Kansas in May. After that point, it took Wallace another month or two before finding some momentum as NASCAR entered the dog days of summer. Wallace posted consecutive top 10s in July at New Hampshire, Pocono, and Indianapolis, and then extended the string with a runner-up finish in August at Michigan. His crew chief, Booty Barker, believed that Wallace was close to yet another breakthrough in what has been only the team's second season. Even when I was suspended, I got to see the race from a different different perspective as well. And I told Bubba, I said, look, you were driving really well. He said, the world might not see it or whatever, but I see it, I know. And um, so he was progressing. We had to fix our mistakes. And at the same time, we were advancing. And then all of a sudden, here we go. You know, it it all kind of came together. So it wasn't one thing as much as uh, different elements, you know, uh, having having to get better. And that lit the week. It turns out what Booty saw was a foreshadowing of what was to come for the team. As a few days after that statement, Bubba Wallace went to victory lane at Kansas. Here comes Bubba Wallace, final time off the end of the back straightaway. He'll take it to the wall as he works his way up the corner looking for the checkered flag. Bubba Wallace can see it now. He can virtually coast it in. Checkered flag is in the air and Bubba Wallace wins the Hollywood Casino 400 at Kansas. Just really cool. Um, Shout out to... Everybody standing right here. We were able to sweep Kansas this year. Uh, what a what a testament to a brand new team starting up. Shout out to Toyota for just always believing in me. Uh, even through the tough times, they, they, they called me back up and to be able to capitalize here. I wanted to break that threshold of fifth. And once we got there, we were able to uh, start to work our way up and just uh, what, a, what an incredible day. This is likely just the beginning for Wallace and his young NASCAR Cup Series career. He has a dedicated team behind him, the knowledge of how to get to Victory Lane, and he is even set to get married soon. Life is good for Bubba Wallace, and the NASCAR world is ready to watch one of its young stars contend for an owner's championship carrying the banner for 2311 Racing in the final month of the season. Thank you, Kurt. Great piece there. Coming up, we'll look back on the history of playoff racing at Talladega. And later, Ty Majeski will join us. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to YouTube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. 
All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We're in the ninth season of the knockout playoff format in the NASCAR Cup Series. Talladega Super Speedway has been a part of the playoffs for all of those seasons. Some drivers have used Dega to get the win they needed to advance, while others have had their hopes of a championship erased as a part of the big one. Let's look back at some of the most heart-pounding and heartbreaking playoff moments from Talladega. Since the current NASCAR Cup Series playoff format was introduced in 2014, featuring three rounds with elimination races, there has been a decent amount of turnover in the tracks that have been part of the playoff schedule. One of the tracks that has remained a constant throughout the years has been Talladega Super Speedway. The 2.66-mile track is famous for its close finishes, big crashes, and edge-of-your-seat racing. It has delivered all of that and more in the playoffs, which began with the inaugural year of this format in 2014. Brad Keselowski running for his chase life. He needs all the help he can get. First to the bottom, now back to the top. He's side-by-side side with Newman in three. Still side-by-side side at the front of the field. Ryan Newman topside with little drafting help. To the bottom, it is Brad Keselowski looking for the lead and help from Matt Kenseth, who also needs a win. Off of turn number four, it is Brad Keselowski at the point. Matt Kenseth may come to his rescue. He's right behind Brad Keselowski, who needs to score the victory in the trial. Keselowski has the point. He will win and will move on into the eliminator round. The miracle came true today for Brad Keselowski. In the first few years of the playoffs, Talladega was an elimination race, which meant it was the first time we'd seen multiple drivers enter the race in a must-win situation to advance. In 2014, Brad Keselowski did just that. Keselowski has since become the king of Talladega, and his win in 2014 in a very high-pressure situation went a long way in giving him that title. While 2014's finish is exactly what anyone would want from a cutoff race at Talladega, 2015 brought the controversy most wanted to avoid. They're on the gas. The green flag is out again here at Talladega. Jeff Gordon with a little push there as cars are crashing behind them at the start-finish line. Again, Go on the green flag, as soon as it falls, they clump up in the back of the pack. Four, five cars spin, including Matt Kenseth and others here at Talladega, right past the start-finish line. Apparently Kevin Harvick not coming up to speed. That stacked up the field and sent at least a dozen cars around. The caution is out. The checkered flag is out. Now the question will be, as we see Denny Hamlin dropping the window net, that car erupted in flames briefly. Who was out front? It has a lot of implications. One, Joey Logano sweeping the contender round, winning at Charlotte, winning at Kansas, and perhaps here at the Talladega Super Speedway. If that happens, then the season by all rights over for Dale Earnhardt Jr. If, in fact, Jr. was out front, he will advance. We wait. Joey Logano has been declared the winner here at Talladega Super Speedway, three in a row. Kevin Harvick was trying to defend a championship in 2015 and found himself in danger of elimination. At the end of the race, he encountered a problem where he was unable to accelerate. Instead of taking his car behind the wall and accepting defeat, Harvick stayed on track for a green-white checkered restart. Those problems caused a huge crash that would end up saving his playoff life. 
while the timing of the caution gave Joey Logano the win by the skin of his teeth over Dale Earnhardt Jr., who was knocked out from the playoffs after being in a must-win situation. In 2016, engine failures eliminated two championship contenders, and one driver advanced by six one-thousandths of a second. Oh, trouble for Brad. He is off the pace and the bottom of the racetrack. Smoke coming from behind and flames from behind. Brad Keselowski's car on the back straightaway. Martin Truex Jr., chase contender with smoke pouring out of the front end of the Furniture Row Racing Toyota. The engine is off. There is flame underneath. Catastrophic engine failure, it appears, for Martin Truex Jr. Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin breaking out of line, trying to do something with Joey Logano, but it may not be enough. Here comes Joey Logano. He sees the checkered flag, and he has done it again here. Joey Logano getting the win over Brian Scott, Denny Hamlin, Kurt Busch, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. While Talladega was the playoff savior for Brad Keselowski in 2014, an engine failure in 2016 sealed his elimination fate. Martin Truex Jr., who was in the middle of a career season at Furniture Row Racing, was also eliminated after a mechanical failure. The driver who advanced by a fraction of a second was Denny Hamlin. Hamlin beat Kurt Busch by the slimmest of margins for third place, which put Hamlin in a tie with Austin Dillon for eighth on the playoff grid, allowing Hamlin to advance to the next round because of a tiebreaker. While 2016 was the final elimination race at Talladega, 2017 still brought more drama and carnage than ever. Here's Logano. He's trying to take the lead back. Suarez goes low. Logano in the middle. And here's the big one. The, 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 the pack is flying apart. Kyle Busch is in the wall. You've got others that are crashing, colliding. Kurt Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and others. Trouble in turn three, and it's sliding over to turn four. That is big trouble in turn number three, as Mike Bagley said. That's the big one, at least so far today. How many cars involved there, Mike Bagley? Uh, Joe, it looks like three-quarters of the pack could be involved in this. It was one of the biggest big ones we'd ever seen at Talladega. 19 cars in total were involved, including the majority of the playoff field. Ultimately, only 14 cars finished the race, the lowest number in 31 years. The driver who won the race in 2017, Brad Keselowski, locked himself into the next round after entering the day below the cut line. The fall race at Talladega in 2019 was another banner day for Team Penske and one two of the young guns at Hendrick Motorsports would like to forget. Logano nails him. Around goes Bowman. Up at the banking and hard into the outside wall. Jimmy Johnson's there. Kyle Larson is collected in a dramatic move at the end of the back straightaway. Oh, Byron gets turned. He'll nail Logano. Major crash. Right now, Eric Jones is involved. You've got others that are spinning and sliding and slamming into the wall. You've got Daniel Suarez. You've got Ryan Priest. Eric Jones. A massive crash on the back straightaway. Triggered when trouble up front, William Byron got hooked and turned in front of the face of the field. Not there yet. They got to get through the trioval. They're crashing further back. Chris Bush is in the wall. He gets airborne, lands on all four. The field steaming to the line, side by side to the checkered flag. Ryan Blaney wins the 1000Bulbs.com 500 at Talladega. Ryan Blaney with a move of the ages goes to the inside of Ryan Newman. Ryan Blaney by inches. Those are the two ends of the spectrum in terms of what Talladega can bring. Crashes put William Byron and Alex Bowman in holes they couldn't dig out of the next week, while the win for Blaney essentially saved his playoff life. 
after Blaney was behind the eight ball because of a 35th place finish in the opening race of the round back in 2019. This weekend, drivers such as William Byron and Alex Bowman will hope for a reversal of fortune from that race in 2019, while many others will look for a Keselowski or Blaney-esque moment as we write another chapter of the ongoing saga known as Talladega, the playoff wild card. Thank you, Tim. Coming up, Ty Majeski joins us after securing his first career victory at Bristol. And later, we'll hear how drivers are decompressing during the stressful 10 weeks of the playoffs. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. All three of NASCAR's top series race this weekend at Talladega, and only two out of 32 playoff drivers head into this weekend with no pressure at all. One of those two is Thor Sport Racing's Ty Majeski. Ty scored his first career victory the last time out for the trucks at Bristol, and that win earned Majeski a chance to race for a championship at Phoenix no matter what chaos Talladega brings. Our Steve Post talked to Ty about what that victory meant and what he thinks his chances of being crowned champion are. Ty Majeski looking for his first win, looking to punch his ticket to Phoenix. It's Ty Majeski off turn three. In his 40th career start, no time better than now to get his first career win. Ty Majeski wins the UNOH 200 at the Bristol Motor Speedway. He will race for a championship at Phoenix in November. That win at Bristol, of course, the first win is always special, but I would dare say locking you into the championship round at Phoenix, your timing on that first win couldn't have been much better. Yeah, you said it. Uh, when you really look at the schedule, you know, assuming you're a playoff driver, make it into the round of eight. If you're going to win one race this season, it's Bristol. There's a couple layers to it. Obviously, just because it's Bristol, it's a cool place to win with the sword and, um, you know, the rooftop victory lane and um, and just the atmosphere, the Coliseum. Um, obviously, it's uh, a, a, an awesome venue, one of NASCAR's, you know, best venues and um, and then just the timing of it, not, not having to worry about Talladega being locked into Phoenix. There's just so many layers to it that uh, really couldn't have been better. And this is sort of the time of year when, you know, you're, you're looking to secure funding for next season and working on different partners. And um, with all that being said, it was, it was good timing for that too. So um, love the position that we're in. I like where our team is at heading into Phoenix. No doubt about it. When I look at this, I think you started the season really good, and it seems like you guys have gotten better as you've gone on. In fact, I looked at it, you guys have led considerable laps in the last four races. That's my view of it. From your perspective, how has the team performed? How has it gone, and, and, and has it gotten better as we've rolled through a good year? Well, I think we've got, we had the, we started off well. We've, we had the results at the end of races. Uh, we went on a string of top five runs, I think, in in the eight race stretch in May and June. And, um, but we weren't, you know, qualifying up front always, and we weren't running well in all stages. And I think throughout the season, um, we developed a rhythm with our sim and then, you know, Joe and I's communication where we unload in the top two or three in practice almost every week. And then we qualify in the top, you know, five or six every week and we were getting stage points in every stage and, uh, and then it was winning a couple stages and then it was leading laps and winning stages i feel like it's just been a constant progression you know upward progression throughout the entire season and 
even though we we were started off running well, I think you know throughout the season we just have been that much better at the little things, and um, and that has you know got us to the point where we're leading laps consistently in races, and then finally we busted off that win. So um, I think we kind of flown under the radar all season. Um, however, I, I really don't believe that Bristol was a fluke. I think that we've been knocking on the door uh, for, for a couple months now, and we were just able to put it all together. The relief factor of going to Talladega this weekend and really, yes, wanting to get wins, wanting to continue to bolster the career, wanting to come out of there unscathed and everything, but it's it's got to be a nice spot to go to Talladega and know that your your point uh, future doesn't matter as far as the championship goes. Yeah, this is really the first time all year where we haven't had to worry about stage points. We can truly um, call the race and and race the race to to win, not not worry about stage points. So. There's, you know, a couple different ways you can approach it. You can go with the approach of, man, I'm, we're just, we're going to go and win. Or there might be a situation where, you know, I'm in the second row or third row, you know, on the last lap. And I might have to make a decision on who I want to push to victory lane, whether that's a, another Thor Sport truck or or maybe choosing who I want to compete against in, in Phoenix. So I, I think there's, um, you know, Definitely feel like I'm the catbird seat from that standpoint, going into Talladega, not having to worry about it just because it is such a wild card. We all know that. Um, not having to worry about it is uh, huge for the mentality of our race team, and we can uh, focus on, on Phoenix. But, um, you know, that doesn't mean we're not putting a, a full-fledged effort in for Talladega and Homestead. Uh, we certainly want to have good runs and carry good momentum going into the championship race. No doubt about it. How do you have you... Um, I, I know we're still a couple months away. This truck schedule is strange as far as the timing goes and everything, but have you already started to work on Phoenix? Do you have your truck picked out? Have you done any sim? How how have you, how how is the Bristol win? Has it changed the way you guys look at Phoenix or, or still not? Absolutely. Uh, we knew what truck we were bringing to Phoenix, you know, months ago. Uh, it was actually a brand new truck that uh, Johnny Sauter raced at IRP. We took it, turned it around for Richmond, sat on the pole, uh, won a stage, finished third, and um, we were then going to save it for Phoenix, um, but we decided we wanted to take our best bullet to to Bristol, and um, and it paid off. We won Bristol, and uh, so we're going to bring that truck uh, back to Phoenix, uh, do a couple things on it. I think there's some things uh, that we can do to to make it a little bit better and get them, you know, make it lighter, tweak on the body a little bit. Um, and try and, and, and bring the best possible truck we can to Phoenix. So um, I was actually at the sim last Wednesday, um, did a little simulator time and did a couple of interviews when I was down there and got a couple of things taken care of in Charlotte while, while doing that race. So uh, we've already done, I've already been in the simulator. We've already been running sim here up in Thor Sport. So a lot of preparation has already uh, gone into to Phoenix. So we, I feel pretty good about where we're at now. Still have a, a month and a week or so to tune on it, make it make it a bit better. Thank you, Postman. Coming up, we'll hear what the Cup Series drivers are using to take their mind off the playoff pressure. And later, we'll look ahead to the racing weekend in Dega. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. 
Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Contrary to popular belief, the NASCAR Cup Series playoff drivers are actual people. They're not robots. They feel stress and pressure just like all of us. That stress and pressure is at its peak as we're about to hit the halfway mark of the playoffs with its most unpredictable race coming up this weekend at Talladega. Relaxing and taking your mind off racing, even if just for a brief moment, is key to being your best come race weekend. For this year's crop of playoff drivers, the list of escapes vary. For some, it's their fantasy football team. And for others, it's escaping to the fantasy world of Game of Thrones. Let's hear some of their responses. The final time for Alex Bowman up in turn number one. Uh, I don't think there's going to be an escape during the playoffs for me. Um, for the next 10 weeks, nothing else matters aside from winning races and, and performing the best I can. I will say I watched uh, I watched Stranger Things as quickly as I possibly could. Uh, I've watched the new Game of Thrones. Uh, not a big sports guy, so probably not going to watch football until uh, playoff football. But... Um, yeah, I'm focused on winning the next 10 weeks. Wind the clock for William Byron off four, and he will win tonight at Martinsville. I like Netflix. I think um, I would watch like any of the, like I was big big into Ozark, so I, I like that show. That was a good one. But I don't know, since then, I, I, I need a new show, maybe Yellowstone or something. It is all Denny Hamlin at the Richmond Raceway. Uh, I'm big into true crime. So I like, uh, I'll go on Netflix and try to find something that unsolved mystery of did or he, he or she did do it or not, you know, and then have that uh, debate. Steaming to the line, Ross Chastain will win. One of my coaches raved for weeks about Stranger Things. I have watched it and I've almost gotten through it and I'm really not that much of a fan. But I have like three episodes to go and I'm going to see it through to the end. It's my guilty turn the brain off and just watch something on the flight when I'm tired of looking at my computer screen and looking at something racing related. Blaney will get through with the lead. Yeah, I've been watching that House of Dragon. Uh, I didn't really watch Game of Thrones. I watched the last season of Game of Thrones and that's all I ever watched. And uh, people said it was terrible, but I, I enjoyed the last season. I didn't know if it was bad or not. Uh, but then I've been watching the House of Dragon. And I thought it was it was pretty good. I just can't, I just can't bring myself to commit for hours and hours and watch the whole beginning of Game of Thrones. So I've just kind of jumped to current time, I guess. Tyler Reddick about to complete a dream run in Wisconsin. If I do turn the TV on right now, I know it's like it's. I think it's done. The, the series is complete. Uh, but if I do have an hour to kill, I turn on the Vikings. Well, it's just called Vikings. I don't know. I don't know who did it. History Channel. I've heard. I don't know. I watch it on streaming, like everybody else watches everything these days. Up front, here comes Kyle Busch. I don't have time for TV right now. I sh- I kid you not. I have watched zero minutes of television over the last four months. Brexton was watching a show the other day. I don't even know what it was. It was weird cartoon characters that were like stars and and brooms upside down and some other stuff. Checkered flag in the air. Joey Logano wins. I like watching, uh, I either like watching documentaries where I can learn something, or I like watching such as complete humor TV that doesn't work my mind at all because I want to go to sleep. And so we've been watching like these docuseries things and stuff uh, together, my wife and I. And, uh, or we watch lately Everybody Loves Raymond. That show is hilarious. We just like, I don't know, I used to watch it a long time ago, but we watched an episode the other day on TV and I was like, oh my gosh, this show is, 
can relate in some ways, and it's really funny. <laughs> Checkered flag in the air, and Kyle Larson wins the Wise Power 400. My easy escape would be the dirt racing I do, which I don't get to do much of it in the playoffs, but um, I'll probably, I think I run like five races over the next 10 weeks in dirt. So that's a little bit of that. I'm sure I'll golf some, uh, I'll, even though I kind of hate golf right now, I'll probably golf a little bit. Um, and then, yes, I, I, I'd like to try and find new things to watch. Um, so I did, I started uh, the House of Dragons the other day. Um, I still gotta watch the second episode. Um, I binge-watched um, Game of Thrones um, in 2020 when I was up and down the road and flying and all that. I, I binge-watched that, so I got really into that, so I was excited about this new one. And the first episode was pretty good, so um, excited about that. And, yeah, just hanging out with the kids, the family, and Owen's, I would say my kind of getaway currently, you know, Owen's starting, um, you know, fall ball, baseball, and um, that's fun to do because, you know, during spring ball and stuff, I'm kind of gone racing a lot, so I don't get to go to many of the practices or many of the games, and I like just sitting there and watching them play baseball, and that's been fun to do. So that's probably my, my favorite es es escape right now. Austin Sendrick leads into turn three for the final time. Uh, certainly looking forward to football season. Uh, big Indianapolis Colts fan. Um, as far as Game of Thrones, definitely was a huge Game of Thrones fan. Haven't watched an episode of House of Dragons yet. Uh, I've decided that I'm just going to let the whole season play out so I can binge watch it in the offseason. Austin Dillon wins! I mean, I like House of Dragons. I saw the, saw the first two episodes, but, you know, NFL football, big fantasy football guy. Two, two leagues right now, probably a third. Um, just had our draft last night, and uh, I'm so nervous about my team. I don't really like the team right now but you know we're, we're grinding already made a trade this morning and if you have a good day on the track and your fantasy team has a good day it's a great day if you have a good day on the track or you have a bad day on the track and fantasy football is good it's still a mediocre day if you have a bad day on the track and your fantasy football team is bad it is a shitty day chase briscoe who leads into turn three well i don't watch any of them shows but i definitely i mean football i'm a big colts fan so we race on sunday so i'm not gonna really get to watch the colts for very very much of the season but yeah definitely excited that the football's back for the colts side of things i think we're gonna be pretty good but i don't i don't really watch too many of them shows kevin harvick across the line yeah we, we will definitely watch football on on usually sunday nights after the race or mondays usually the the night that that we watch football but i usually live on my racing app so um you know, a, a North Wilkesboro late model race is way more intriguing to me than a Game of Thrones show. So, um, or any any other show. My wife watches all kinds of goofy shows that you know we we wind up in separate rooms watching television because I'll watch a late model race and she'll go watch Game of Thrones or whatever the show is. So it's uh, it's usually sports or racing, and and that's about it for me. Chase Elliott rockets up out of turn number four. Yeah, I love sports. Um, and, and this really is my favorite time of the year for, for that reason, right? You know, the weather's cooling off. Uh, fall's a, a gorgeous time of year. Um, don't like what comes after it, but I, I do enjoy fall. And um, so many options on the sports front, right? I mean, you have the MLB playoffs, which I think is one of the most exciting things in all of sports, whether whether the Braves ran it or not. Love watching the World Series and, and some of those playoff games in baseball and obviously football starting up. Um, yeah, love, love watching all of it. So it's a good time of year to be a sports fan. And, and uh, obviously the NASCAR thing gets 
intense too uh, as you get through October and, and um, into November, hopefully. And here comes Christopher Bell out of turn 14. I am really sorry, but I do not watch TV very much either. Like, I, I will contently sit on the couch and just close my eyes, maybe, I don't know, look, text people or whatever, but I very rarely watch TV. Coming up, we hear from those same drivers on what they're expecting once they hit the track at Talladega. And later, it's this week in NASCAR history. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Shortly, we'll be heading for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. But before we go, earlier in the show, we looked back at some of the biggest playoff moments at Talladega since the inception of the playoffs. This weekend, we will write another chapter with the Yellowwood 500. Kyle Ricky is back with what drivers are expecting. The wildcard race of the playoffs is here. The 12 drivers still competing for the NASCAR Cup Series championship will brave the high banks of the Talladega Super Speedway on Sunday afternoon with the hopes of setting themselves up to advance into the round of eight. Because of the unpredictability of these playoffs, where a non-playoff driver has won every race thus far, no driver can breathe easy entering this weekend because no one is locked in and the biggest advantage over the cut line is just 30 points. One driver who has a lot of work to do over the next few weeks is Alex Bowman. After a 29th place finish at Texas, the Hendrick Motorsports driver is now 12th on the playoff grid, 30 points below the cut line. Bowman has had crashes at Talladega spell doom for his playoff hopes in years past and says the pressure leading into those races used to get to him. But now he heads into the weekend willing to accept whatever happens. Five years ago, I would have said all, all this pressure and try not to crash and I'd be so worried about it. And at this point, it kind of is what it is. Like you go to Talladega, Daytona and Atlanta knowing that you're probably going to hit something. That's just kind of the likelihood of the, the situation that you're in throughout the day. So obviously you want to try to avoid it, but uh, I think you have to go race aggressively all day. You can't approach it any differently than that. I feel like if you're not aggressive all day, you can't be successful. So, you know, hopefully uh, we can be up front. Obviously we had a really strong car in Daytona and fortunately turned Chase around and, and didn't get the result we wanted. But, you know, I think we learned a lot at that race and can apply that to Talladega. The driver who has that 30 point cushion heading into Dega is Joey Logano. The points leader says he wouldn't be surprised if we see another non-playoff driver win at Talladega, but he says all of this unpredictability hasn't changed how he's attacking the playoffs. I mean, it definitely is. Imagine if the playoffs started a couple weeks later. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, what a crazy year, which is what we expected. We expected this year to just be very unpredictable and, and no one really being able to figure this car out. And it, and it really seems like that. There's still so many questions. Yeah, can there be another first-time winner? Absolutely. And there's there's a couple of drivers that are expected to win every year that haven't won yet. So you, you got to think that they're probably going to bust off a win at some point, um, but you, you just don't know. I don't know if it changes the way you go through the playoffs. You know, you, you're, you're still focused in on, on just maximizing the day. If that's the win or if that's fifth, you just have to get the most points that you can possibly get, and I don't think that changes 
um, from year to year. With so much on the line at Talladega and the fact that the big crash could ruin your day on any lap, it would be understandable if some of the playoff drivers raced conservatively until the final few laps. Defending series champion Kyle Larson says that won't be the case this year though because of how valuable stage points are in the jumbled standings. I don't think so, just because, I mean, there's so many stage points on the line. So, yeah, I just don't foresee that. I mean, yes, there might be a couple that, that do that, but I feel like you typically don't don't see that um, anyways. So, I don't know. We'll see, but I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think there's so many stage points on the line, and if you can get those stage points, then you, you better your shot of, even if you do wreck, you're having a, a decent point stay out of it. So... I, I foresee everybody racing pretty hard. One thing that always makes this race interesting is the fact that so many drivers are trying to accomplish so many different things. Some playoff drivers are after stage points, some need to win to advance, and some drivers outside of the playoffs view this weekend as their last chance to snag a victory in 2022. Kevin Harvick describes the playoffs at Talladega as a race of different agendas. Usually just like the season finale at, at Daytona, you know, you have a lot of different agendas. You have guys that know that that's their opportunity to win. You have guys that know there's going to be carnage and run at the back. You have guys that know that they need stage points and try to run at the front. It's a race of agendas, and you know I think as, as you look at that, that usually creates a lot of different uh, aggression levels. But you know usually that part of the season, there are people who just want to win and, and know that that's one of those opportunities and a lot of pushing and shoving and wrecks. So that's usually you know how that works out. So survival is, is obviously the key, but you have to balance that with trying to score some sort of stage points and, and uh, put yourself towards the front for, for the first two stages. One driver whose agenda might be questioned heading into this weekend is Texas winner Tyler Reddick. And while Reddick could have the opportunity to help Team Chevy playoff drivers advance, he says that since he no longer has a chance at the title, he's just out there to win. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be selfish, honestly. I mean, I want to win for this team. I mean, I would, I would love to be up at the front and hang out all day up at the, at the front of the field racing, but the trend, unfortunately, recently with, with these you know, super speedways is just a lot of crashes, and whoever's left in the end can pick up the scraps and win, so... It's something that's going to be on all of our minds this week as we prepare. What are we going to do? Are we going to be up front racing all day, maybe get crashed and be out? We're, we're pretty much just focused on winning races. So I think we get a feel for what our car is going to do and um, then make a decision. Do we run up front all day or do we kind of hang out and wait? It is hard to believe that the 2022 Cup Series playoffs can get any crazier than they've already been. But at Talladega, truly anything is possible. Who will set themselves up with a great chance to advance to the next round? Who will fall victim to a crash that puts them in a must-win situation at the unpredictable Charlotte Roval? We'll find out Sunday afternoon with the running of the Yellowwood 500. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Susie Armstrong puts a bow on this week's show with This Week in NASCAR History. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. All right, it's our favorite time of the week. It's time for this week in NASCAR history. Here's Susie Armstrong. Thanks, Mike. 1981. 
Olivia Newton-John was certified platinum as physical, hufted to the top of Billboard's Hot 100 for 10 straight weeks. The International Olympic Committee slates the 24th Olympiad, passing the torch to Seoul, South Korea for the 1988 Summer Games. And Daryl Waltrip was number one in Henry County, besting handsome Harry Gant in the Old Dominion 500 at Martinsville Speedway. Darrell Waltrip now midway down the back chute to turn number three. He backs it off just a little bit, goes low through three and four, and he looks for yet another victory. Waltrip out of the number four corner, comes down to the line, a checkered flag, and Darrell Waltrip will win the Old Dominion 500 here at Martinsville. Here comes Harry Gant up in the north end of the speedway, and for the tenth time in his career, Gant will come home second. It's been one week since you looked at me. Nineteen ninety-eight. The bare naked ladies were the kings of coincidence as the hit single One Week topped the Billboard charts for a full seven days. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker were mismatched cops on a mission in the smash hit Rush Hour. And Ricky Rudd was on task to dominate at Martinsville, leading one hundred ninety-eight laps to win the Napa Auto Care five hundred. Squeezed in underneath Kevin LePage, but coming down to the checkered flag. Here he comes on the back straightaway for the final time. Ricky Rudd will keep the streak alive for the last time. He makes it through turns three and four. Traffic bottles up in front of him, but it's not enough for Jeff Gordon to catch him. And to the checkered flag, 16 straight years, a winner on the NASCAR Winston Cup circuit. Ricky Rudd wins the Napa 500 at Martinsville. 2009, there was no END in sight for the Black Eyed Peas as I Got a Feeling touched the top of the charts. Ed O'Neill and Sofia Vergara headline an ensemble cast as ABC debuts the long-running mockumentary sitcom Modern Family. And the Monster Mile Master was untouchable again as Jimmy Johnson led 271 of 400 circuits to win the AAA 400 at Dover International Speedway. Here they come back into turn number one for the final time. Jeff Boda, or uh, make that Jimmy Johnson, comes into turn number two for the last time this afternoon. Midway down the back straightaway, the lap car of Elliott Sadler down to the inside, forces Johnson to the high side of the racetrack, and Johnson's looking for checkers yet again here in Dover. Jimmy Johnson looking like a three-time champion should. Commanding the race here today at Dover International Speedway, he will win the AAA 400. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. We'd also like to thank Ty Majeski of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series for joining us. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We thank you for joining us as well. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Talladega Super Speedway. We can't wait to get there to bring you live coverage. Until we speak next, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. 
Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com.